Chattanooga Times Free Press. For a minute there, I thought you were talking about me. It's like, well, I'm, oh, I'm always here. Yeah, I'm right here in front of you. <laughs> Chattanooga Times Free Press sports editor Stephen Hargis. Stephen, appreciate your time uh, on your day off. I will uh, note that publicly, and uh, we appreciate you uh, hanging out with us here for a minute. How you doing, brother? Good, Quake. How you and Joe? We're good, man. Good, man. Uh, we all have this passion for local sports. Love of what we do. Very, we all feel very fortunate that we get to do what we do. Absolutely. But when you've got events like you have put on with the best of preps, now virtual for two solid years in a row, I'm sure that there is a little bit of satisfaction when it's all said and done. And as Johnny Majors would say, the hay is in the barn. Because that's a lot of work, man. And you did a great job once again uh, getting recognition for our local uh, prep athletes. I, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, there there is a huge sigh of relief when the last couple of years, unfortunately, having to do it, you know, virtually. Uh, so we we record we pre-record it, and once the recording is over, and you kind of realize, okay, you know, you can take a take a breath for <laughs> a couple of weeks before we get started thinking about prep football previews and all that kind of stuff. It's a huge load off because it comes, you know, it comes right after the spring fling. You have that whole rush of that week of spring fling, and then you got ten of our best of preps teams that we still have to pick and, and get, you know, uh, publish those those pages. So that's a lot of work. And then you move right into the, the banquet and making sure that you didn't forget anybody and all that kind of stuff and get all the awards out. Uh, so when that's when that's done, man, it, it is. You're exactly right. That's a huge relief. Something we we really enjoy. You know, recognizing all the local kids and the coaches, and, and you know, especially the kids. Uh, but when it's over, it's it's definitely a good two weeks to kind of just recharge the batteries and and realize, you know, it was a it, it was a nice year, but I'm glad it's over. Right, we're already moving on to the next one, pretty much. Uh, so, you guys, I don't know how you choose them. I mean, honest to goodness, the, some of these athletes in these categories, uh, you you know, just the, it's basically each individual sport men and women, girls and boys, each individual sport, and then you have a, a coaching uh, coach of the year type thing. But how do you choose? I mean, my gosh, dude, the coach of the year deal, you ended up going with Mike Wood, who is Macaulay's um, cross-country coach, who they won a state championship. But he had some health issues, too. So, I mean, I don't know if that factors into the decision, but my goodness, you had Ralph Potter, who won a state championship, uh, Gary Partrick, Mandy Munn, with a credible story about Red Bank softball, Daniel Hackett, another softball incredible story down at um, at Ringgold, and also uh, Orello, uh, is it Jacobo? Ja- ja- I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is a Kahala Creeks uh, soccer coach, which they won a state championship. So, I mean, when you start looking, you're like, okay, let's just judge them by rings. Oh, oh no, everyone has one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's always the toughest call. It's, it's, it's easy to just – and we didn't go just by state championships. I mean, you know, we, Kelly Smith, who who won, you know, a state title with, with Baylor softball, they're six straight. Right. You know, she, she was, didn't even make the list. And we, we got down – that was one of the toughest calls was, okay, Kelly or Mandy Munn. And we look at, okay, kind of the deciding factor, Kelly's been a finalist for it before. And you look at just Red Bank's whole story of at one point in the season, they only had nine healthy players. So they literally had – just enough players to go out there and play a game and hope that nobody twisted an ankle or, or got hurt and to qualify for the state tournament. And one of those kids, you know, Taylor Bono, that we, we recognize with the Heart and Desire Award, a kid who who injures uh, her arm to, to the point where she basically is told, you know, need to shut it down, you're, you're done for the year. But if she had, Red Bank doesn't have enough players to go out and play the state tournament. So she changes positions, goes out into, into the outfield and plays – and is you know can't even use her throwing arm to throw the ball back in, so yes. she would have to to glove a ball, throw the glove down, and then use her offhand to throw it in. And then 
even switch around and, and bat from the left side of the, of the batter's box because she can't swing the bat, so she's just going to bunt from the left side of the batter's box every time. So Jeez, that's you start crazy. thinking about stuff like that, and you're like, okay, that that's a great story just to get them to the state tournament, and, and we wanted to recognize Taylor for, for you know what she did, but also Mandy for the job that she did to keep that team together with low numbers and get them not only to the state tournament for the first time since 2005, but they, you know, they're one of the final four teams standing. So that, you know, that kind of outweighed uh, as impressive as what Baylor did. You know, just the fact that, that Baylor keeps winning these things over and over, I'm sure Kelly's going to be up there again to be a finalist at some point. Cause right. she's as good as we've got in, in our area or, or in the state really at, at coaching softball. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, the Jacobo, uh, the soccer coach for Chicola Creek, that's the first state championship in school history in any sport for right. him. So, you know, you, you moved him up there. Just all these really, you know, great stories. And as our guys that do such a, a wonderful job, you know, Lindsey Young covering North Georgia and Patrick Coon and Gene Henley and, you know, covering the, our, our Tennessee area teams, you, you kind of you get to know the, the coaches and the parents of players so you know the ins and outs of, of as many teams as, as you possibly can keep up with in our area. And we just sit down as a staff and take basically an entire day or two to – to go through, you know, picking the award winners uh, for, for all these, you know, the best of preps awards, and then and then you narrow it down to the six finalists for male and female athlete and, and coach of the year, and that's when it gets really tough because you every year we've got one or two where you're like, you know, you really feel like they should also be a finalist, but there's only so many spots, so it's it's some tough decisions there at the end. Well, I love the fact that you gave the guy Francis going the extra mile award to Wayne Turner, a former coach at Tyner, now an assistant at East Hamilton. Well deserved there. But like you just mentioned, the Scrappy Moore male and female athlete of the year. I mean, good night. Everybody that's nominated is phenomenal. So if you look like the, the Eric Rivers from Macaulay won it, but he's a three sport guy and he, I mean, he's going to play football at Memphis. He's a heck of a basketball player. Uh, you know, so I mean, it kind of goes to that too. That I guess if they excel in multiple sports, then clearly that's athlete athlete of the year type uh, criteria. Yeah, and, and and the criteria every year kind of changes. You know, some years it's been you know like a Vincent Yarbrough or or a Gerald Riggs. If, if it's a guy who just dominated his one sport that he plays, you know, right. he's nationally ranked in, in the sport that he plays. Uh, you know, Ryan Howard in basketball. Uh, when you have those kind of athletes. Uh, then, then they kind of stand above, and this, and then every now and then you have a, a, you know, a freakish, versatile athlete like an Eric Rivers who was not the player of the year in any of the sports that he played. But my goodness, when you when you consider, he was all state uh, and made best of preps in three different sports, you know, track, basketball, and football. And in track, he medaled in five different events, including the decathlon, <laughs> uh, won a couple of state titles. I mean, you start to look at the list of things he did, and you go, okay, he didn't dominate any one sport, but he was among the best in the state at three different sports. That's pretty special. So, you know, the criteria for it is really not, not one thing that you do because it can change year in and year out as far as whether it's just one, you know, nationally ranked athlete in one sport or, or a guy who's as versatile as Eric is. And this year we just looked at it. And that was, that was really, honestly, quick. That was one of the easier ones we picked when we, we named, you know, okay, male athlete, okay, Eric Rivers is going to win it. Who's the five other finalists right. uh, who are going to join him because this guy's just so good. Uh, and he's he's pretty well known throughout the entire state uh, in, in all three sports. So that you know that that one, and then you have Lindy Ray Davis from from Calhoun, who you know is the five A softball player of the year in Georgia. And so she was one of those you know not a multi sport person. She's just kind of the opposite of, of Eric, where she's she just dominated the one sport that she played in as a nationally ranked you know uh, prospect in, in softball. So you know that that just goes to show you you know it it can be a, a 
a couple of different criteria there as far as how we, we choose the, the winners, but we felt really good about both of those just with what they were able to do in their sports. And she is signed to go play softball with the Georgia Bulldogs, if I am correct. Yes, correct. Yeah, University of Georgia signee, and, and like I said, the, the 5A player of the, of the year in the state of Georgia. I mean, she had some pretty impressive uh, numbers, you know, as far as what she did with her, her you know, at the plate. Uh, and just what she's she's done for the Calhoun program in, in terms of you know uh, getting them into the top four. I think pr- pretty much throughout her four year career, they were they were a state tournament, you know, either state championship caliber team or uh, up there among the top two or three teams in the state. And I mostly fa- because of her, I failed to mention uh, Gary Partrick with uh, Baylor Golf because uh, you know he's a good he's a great guy and another state championship. I mean, he you know they're all they all had state championships except for Mandy Munn, and you just told us that story. A miraculous story about you know lack of players and everything at the Red Bank softball. So, um, <clears throat> you guys just continue to do a great job with that and celebrating them. And hopefully next year we can get it back to like a banquet status type thing like it used to. Well, be. it sounds like uh, you need to have like a winner one A, winner one B, winner one C. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of worthy well, uh, and, people. Yeah, I, I get, we could probably fill that out, Joe. No, no doubt. And uh, of course, you're always going to leave somebody off, and that's always the tough thing. Is, is every year when we pick these teams. Softball, you know, for our, our best of prep softball and baseball teams, there's 30 kids that make it from the tri- you know, from the three states that we cover, and you always get it down, especially to that, you know, two or three where you go, man, how, how did these kids not make it? You know, and, yeah. and in wrestling, we've had state champion wrestlers who didn't make best of preps because the 30 kids who are on there all won state championships, and there's only 30 spots. So you say, okay, we got to cut these, we got to cut two spots off. Who do you leave off? That's always a really tough call for us as we're as we're picking these teams. Talk about the uh, switching little gears because it seems as if now all of our uh, high school football uh, vacancies when it came to head coaching, uh, they're all filled. I guess the latest would be uh, the Howard Hustlin Tigers uh, hiring uh, Dietrich Maffitt. Yeah, a former player at Howard, played in the Arena League. Uh, he, he's been with the Howard program, uh, worked as John Starr's defensive coordinator the last five years since he's been with the program. So, you know, I think – that probably they had some some you know impressive uh, resumes that that wanted the job, but but Dedrick having been there, I think it makes for a smoother transition for him. The kids already know him; he knows the kids. Uh, not a lot will change in terms of you know offensive defensive styles and that kind of thing. Uh, so with them getting such a late start and looking for a coach, because you know unfortunately John Starr left in, in late May, you know right there the last week of May. So most teams had already concluded their spring practice and were getting ready for. You know, summer workouts and, and that kind of thing. So now here we are. We've got a two-week dead period. So, you know, Dedrick takes over uh, as coach, and now he's got a two-week dead period where the kids aren't allowed to come in and work out or anything. But fortunately, he's been there for them uh, for the last month, you know, working out with them. So it should make for a smoother transition for Howard. And they've got, you know, they're a talented young team. I mean, John mentioned that when he when he stepped down, that, you know, one of the things, it was a tough call because he's attached to the kids, but also a tough call because he kind of knows he's built that thing up to where, Howard could contend. Of course, they, they move up in classification this year, so that's going to be a little tougher for them, but they, they're going to be uh, really athletic and very physical coming up. Yeah, they move into the... What is that? Is it into 4A? They are moving up to, I believe it's 5A, Quake. I'll have to go back and look. We just No, you're right, 5A. Before. Yeah, Udawah, Ray yeah. County, Howard, Walker Valley, McMinn County. Well, yeah, wow. so they're, they're in a tough, tough region. Uh, that's not going to do them any favors. Uh, and, you know, any anytime you have a transition, it makes it even tougher. So I think that went into it, too. Like I said, just hoping that the continuity of somebody who's already there will help. 
Uh, thoughts on Sequatchie County hiring uh, uh, for their head football coach, and then we'll let, let you get back to your vacation. Another move. They're moving some <laughs> yeah, dirt, too, over uh, there. Literally. Are they? What, what's, that, what's that, Joe? I'm I said sorry. that they're moving some dirt over there, too, literally. Uh, yeah, doing oh, some renovations yeah. Yeah, on the yeah, stadium two, and field. $2.2 million worth of improvements in their athletics. I mean, you know, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're going to have uh, not just football. I mean, it's, it's pretty much across the board that they are upgrading their facilities for, you know, baseball, softball, whether it be lighting or turf or whatever. Uh, they're making some big-time improvements. But in football, you know, they've already got an indoor. They're one of the very few teams that I know of that has an indoor practice facility uh, there in Dunlap. And that by this fall, they'll have the turf put down. They'll have artificial turf. That's, you know, they've, they've already taken up the old turf and they're putting down the new turf. So uh, it's already one of the, one of the prettiest stadiums you'll play in yes sitting there with the mountains in the backdrop and that kind of thing gorgeous well now having turf you know it's going to be a really impressive facility that they'll have and and rusty mcintyre the the guy that they hired uh he was the offensive coordinator for fayetteville last year and of course they they won the class 1a state championship so he comes in uh has a little bit more of a rebuilding process to do there in, in dunlap uh than what he just left but you know, he obviously, they scored, I think, 30-plus points in more than half their games last year. So he's a guy that, that knows knows what he's doing offensively. And, uh, you, you know, another one that, unfortunately for them, they had a, a late, uh, you know, st- the coach stepped down a little later than what they, they would have liked. And so they're a little bit behind the eight ball, too, in terms of getting everything going with a new coach this week. And especially when you consider the dead period, there's a two-week dead period here where coaches and players aren't allowed to be around each other and the kids can't be on campus to work out or anything. So, Basically, the coaches can just implement everything that they want to do when the kids come back, but there's about a two-week stretch here where uh, they won't even see the kids. When do they come back? Do you know? July? It's, it's, it's the last week of June. First week of July is always the dead period, so that second week of July is when everybody will come back and crank it up in shorts and helmets and, and, uh, and get going again. July 12th, it looks like, for that Monday, probably to be the day. Steven, great job, man. Um, it's it's always fun to put a, a prep year in the books, but this one was one for the ages, man, so we all made it through. <laughs> I'll, I'll steal a phrase from Mark Wharton, uh, Chattanooga Mox Athletic Director. Back in February, I, I saw him at a basketball game, and he was like, just get me to June, man. Just get me to June. <laughs> we are here in June, and hopefully uh, the 2021-22 uh, uh, prep um, you know, season as far as the, 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 the year goes, hopefully it'll be a whole lot more closer to normal than we're than what we have. Yeah, and it was great. Through. You know, Clay, it, it was great to have this season. Uh, everybody got to play. You know, that was obviously this time last year. Uh, we went through the spring without any of those kids getting to play. It wasn't always normal. I mean, we, we had some bumps along the way where, you know, crowd restrictions or, you know, the, the basketball season got halted there for a couple of weeks where they, everybody had to shut it down because of COVID, but they, they got it going again, and everybody had their state tournaments, had their seasons. It might have been shortened, but at least they had a season, had a state tournament uh, where, you know, the kids got to play, got to crown state champions, and that kind of thing. So it was a lot closer to normal than what we had last year. So really thankful for that. Enjoy that vacation, brother. Thank you, man, for the time. Thanks, guys.